Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's Review It Man, reviewing what he can. Movies are his jam, so let's get twisted, man. It's Review It Rob. Hey, yo, welcome to the Review It Rob show. I appreciate you all joining in, man. we got a different kind of episode this week, normally reviewing movies. This week, I'm going to be talking about a documentary that hit HBO Max that I found very interesting. I was excited to check out. So, I'm going to talk about that as well. You can get your mandatory DC and horror news. That's, of course, mandatory every single episode, as well as other things that are going on in the movie around. Maybe we'll talk some WWE. They had a pretty cool premium live event, pay per view, whatever you want to call it, uh, over the weekend. So, talk about that. Some interesting things there, as well. Whatever else has been going on, man. Appreciate you joining in to listen to me talk uh, random movie stuff and random stuff on this show, like I do. This is a twisted program. Man, twisted as in I'm all over the place talking to this show. Um, but uh, appreciate you joining in. Hope everyone's uh, doing good. Hope you had a wonderful holiday if you celebrated Thanksgiving over the last um, time since we between episodes here. So the last time we talked, there was that Thanksgiving holiday for some of us. Uh, if you partake in it, partook in it, uh, whatever. Uh, if you uh, celebrate it, hope you had a wonderful time. If you do not celebrate, hope you have a wonderful time as well. Um, I didn't really do much for it. Thanksgiving is not one of those holidays I get overly excited about. Uh, I did watch some football. Football is, you know, pretty interesting sport and fun times there. So enjoy that, you know, for what you can. You play some fancy football. It gets a little tough. Uh, we, we can talk about that on WBRO. Next episode of that uh, show I do with my brother Tombstone Josh here on the Throw Me Podcast Network, man. Uh, if you haven't already, please make sure you hit the uh, subscribe for the Throw Me Podcast Network. Turn on those notifications get updated on all the fun stuff we got going on over there man but uh, like i mentioned at the start of the show we're doing a different kind of review this week spoiler free as always but i don't know is there spoilers for documentaries maybe there is maybe there isn't but uh we talk about a new documentary that came out i want to say about a week ago it's called david holmes the boy who lived so you can tell with that title there, this is going to have something to do with the wizarding world. Uh, so the documentary is one hour, 23 minutes, documentary biography film. It is on Max, formerly known as HBO Max. Uh, the film is a um, documentary about the stuntman David Holmes, who uh, was a teenage gymnast in Essex, England, who was selected to play Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double in the Harry Potter films. Uh of course, Daniel was 11. He was too young to do the stunts himself. So uh, they let, uh, they, of course, got a, um, for the more extreme stunts, you get another stunt double, right? They talk about stuff like that in the documentary. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double for the films. Uh, over the next 10 years, the two of them would uh, get a bond. They would form a bond together. But on the final film, a tragedy struck, a tragic accident happened on the set that left David paralyzed with a debilitating spinal inju- injury, uh, turning, of course, his world upside down as david and his closest stunt colleagues rally to support david and his family in their moment of need it is david's extraordinary spirit of resilience that becomes their greatest source of strength and inspiration so if you've been following the show for a while or if you um you already know i'm a big wizarding world fan if you're new to the show <laughs> big wizarding world fan right so i've always found things in that uh, environment or anything around that world interesting and i want to check out anything i can so when i heard this documentary was happening I was like, I wanted to check it out, you know, um, see some behind-the-scenes stuff of, you know, the Harry Potter films, but as well, just to see this story, because this is the first time hearing about it. Um, there was some news articles back in the day and some TV stuff, um, 
news on it back in the day. Of course, I didn't see that stuff then, but, you know, I didn't hear much about it, so hearing that about this documentary, which is one of the things uh, to first talk about, Daniel Radcliffe himself is the one um, behind this documentary, helped produce it and get it out there and everything, so... You know, he wanted to tell the story about his friend. Like I mentioned there in the synopsis, those two formed a pretty great bond um, with, through the filming um, of the films, of course. They got very close, and, you know, they're still close to this day, and him doing this documentary is really cool and really awesome. Um, the documentary itself is informative, man. Uh, they go into detail about... Uh, what it takes to be a stunt double and well, what that world is like and how you get into that world and what it takes, man. It takes a lot more than, you know, I thought it takes. Like, you know, there's like some, um, there's requirements that they talk about that you have to have to be a stunt double other than just being, you know, do they look close enough to the to the person? Do they look close enough to the actor? Can, and can they take a beating, right? It, it, there's more to it than that, man. And they go into that in this documentary. It was really cool to see that stuff. But at the core of the documentary is, is two things, right? Um, one we've mentioned a couple times already is the bond um, that was forged between, you know, Daniel Radcliffe and David Holmes, who is, of course, the person who the documentary is about. Uh, so you see that bond as well as the bonds that get made in the filmmaking process, especially in the stunt coordinating, stunt actor, stunt double world like how they all come together and how they put the stunts together and how they put so much faith and trust in everything that they're doing and what they're working on and all that stuff so that's one of the fun parts about the documentary is seeing how all that stuff works out the other core part of this documentary was um david's strength and his spirit and everything in that work because you can think and a lot of people we've seen this this is nothing that we haven't seen before where you know an unbelievable tragic accident happens and just your outlook on life changes and you don't want to be happy about anything you don't want to look at the bright side of anything you don't want to keep fighting and all that stuff um, this documentary shows that this david holmes person is an extremely uh, just put together spiritual extraordinary person with just unbelievable resilience i mean just thinking about that you're living your dreams and working in you're on the biggest films in the world at the time and you all of a sudden just in the blink of an eye it's all taken away by um, an accident with you know doing a stunt do the thing you love the thing you love doing the thing you love worked your whole life for gets taken away in a matter of you know a couple seconds and um, his will, his determination, his power, his strength, his, his mind, is everything working to go move forward and still be, you know, a positive light and, you know, helping others and all that stuff. And again, staying away from spoilers so you can see what happens in the documentary and how things all work out. But that was like the one thing I took away. Uh, I took a lot of things from the documentary. That's one of the things that when I was watching this documentary, I was like, man, what a positive person right what a positive way and outlook to look at things in this extraordinarily tough time that this person is and just gives you that ability to look in and you're like man you know this man this person can do it i can do it too man that stuff that that's hurting me i can get through it i can work through it and all that stuff and be it uh, whatever you're going through physical you know issues or mental issues or anything of those those sorts like it, it's tough it's a battle we've been through it so you know i i've talked about mental health before on this show and i'll always talk about it because it needs to be talked about um it, it's a battle man and seeing uh, David Holmes' fight in uh, this documentary and what, you know, he's uh, trying to 
work, you know, fight through and get through and everything and what happened is extraordinary, without a doubt. And for that matter, I say check it out. Definitely watch this documentary if you have Max. It is worth your time. It's an hour and 23 minutes. It's not um, all that long, but it's a very powerful documentary. It is a, a tough documentary. It is it's going to hit on, you know, the elements. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to feel, you know, strength. You're going to feel uh, weakness. You're going to feel hope. All that stuff, man. It is a very powerful documentary. Fitting. Definitely watch this documentary. It is, again, worth your time. It is powerful. It is worth watching, man. It is a good time. If you enjoy the, if you're part of the, you know, the Wizarding World fandom, it's, it's something to check out there as well to see, you know, some of the making of the behind-the-scenes stunts and everything with that franchise and those films. So, um, it's not the most important part of the documentary. Obviously, David Holmes is the most important part of the documentary, but it is there for your Wizarding World fans. Um, and if you're looking for something to help you with, um, Finding positivity in tough situations. Definitely a documentary to check out, man. So again, that is on Max, formerly known as HBO Max. Give it a check out. It is called David Holmes, The Boy Who Lived. As far as other things that are happening in the Wizarding World before we jump into our um, other news here, not much that I haven't mentioned already before on the show. Um, they are working, of course, on the TV series that they'll be doing on Max where they're going through each book. Uh, each season will be focused on the books of the uh, Harry Potter franchise. Uh, as far as films, no films really being um, talked about. Obviously, they're doing the Harry Potter shows. The Fantastic Beasts films are on hold right now. They have not been canceled. They're just on hold until they're ready to figure out where they want to go there. Um, so, other than that, um, theme park-wise, they are building Epic Universe and Universal Orlando. Uh, one of the themed areas will be Wizarding World as well. It'll be the third one. Uh, seems how they have Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade already at Universal Orlando. Uh, this will be the third themed land. So that's the stuff going on Wizarding World-wise. Uh, other than that, let's go from that magical world into... Let's talk a little DC news real quick. Um, mostly casting has been going on over there in the DC realm. Of course, since the, stri the strikes have ended, we're getting more and more news about casting for films, and we have learned uh, quite a bit more for the Superman Legacy film. Uh, the first one being that Nicholas Holt, good actor, uh, has been cast as Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy. If you're up to date on the Superman stuff, you know Lex Luthor is a big character to the franchise, and I have um, I have a lot of trust in Nicholas Holt. I think he will do a really good job playing the character. Uh, it can't be as bad as Jesse Eisenberg, right? So, uh, Nicholas Holt, uh, again, really talented actor. I trust him there. Other news for Superman Legacy casting, we have Skylar Gazando, uh, who will be playing Jimmy Olsen and Sarah Sapio, who has been confirmed to be playing uh, Eve Tessmacher, right? So those are the latest casting knowledge um, for Superman Legacy, which will be the first live-action film in the new DCU, headed up by James Gunn and Peter Safran. That film will release worldwide on July 11th, 2025. The strikes did not affect the film's release date, so that is still on track. Uh, I'm not familiar with Sarah, but um, I trust James Gunn. Uh, you know, I've had no reason not to trust James Gunn. I've enjoyed pretty much everything he's done, uh, especially the DC stuff. I mean, his Suicide Squad movie is so good, and that Peacemaker show, oh my god, fantastic. Um, so I trust him there. Skyler, I know. Skyler is one of those actors that you may not know by name, but you will know him as soon as you see him. Um, main thing I know him for is uh, The Righteous Gemstones. Fantastic show. Love that show. If you've not seen The Righteous Gemstones, watch that. He's in that show. 
He plays um, what's that character? Uh, Gideon. He plays Gideon Gemstone, uh, one of um. Oh my god, uh, Jesse Gemstone's kids. I love the Gemstones, man. It's such a fun show. So glad there's gonna be another season of that show. Uh, so I mostly know him for that, but he's been in plenty of things. He was he was Tommy Doyle in Rob Zombie's Halloween. Right, if you don't know that, man. Um, he was so they got that. He was in uh, Santa Clara Diet, uh, Night at the Museum, um, bunch of stuff. Book Smart, right? Uh, vacation, the the Vacation National Lampoon Vacation movie that came out in like 2015. Uh, it was just called Vacation. Um, as well as you know a bunch of stuff, man. Really, I, I know that actor. He's really freaking good. So can't wait, man. So excited for new DC stuff to be on the horizon. Um, other DC news here before we jump into horror is uh, kind of fits horror as well. Constantine 2. I got a quick update over on uh, the Constantine 2 side of things from the director himself, uh, Francis Lawrence, saying, quote, it's still in the very beginning, as the strike put it on hold for a little bit, so we're probably going to start getting back together after Thanksgiving and dig back in to try and crack it, end quote. Uh, Constantine 2 is officially happening. This is the sequel to the Keanu Reeves Constantine film, um, which I, every time I come across Constantine, I'm like, I need to watch that movie again. Because I've seen it one time, long time ago, when it came out, and I haven't seen it since then. Um, but I do remember enjoying it, and plus, I mean, Keanu's in it, right? We all, we all love Keanu. I don't know if there's many people out there who dislike Keanu, but I'm sure there are some. But, uh, excitement all around, man. Um, no idea if that would be... DCU is probably more than likely will be DC Elseworlds, uh, where, where that would fall under. And like films like Joker and, you know, Joker 2 that's on the way, the Batman, the Batman sequel that's on the way, all those things. So, um, till that time comes, all we know right now is that it is in the very beginning phases of happening, but it is happening, man. Alright, uh, going from DC, we jump over to horror. Uh, the biggest news in the horror realm uh, since shockwaves throughout the horror realm, uh, realm? yeah, uh, horror realm is uh, Scream. Scream is in deep dog doo doo right now. Um, uh, they first they fired their star, their star of their franchise, Melissa Barrera, was fired uh, for her. We're not going to go into it because uh, it's a touchy subject for people. Just uh, she was fired for doing what she believes is correct. Um, and I'm not against, you know, what she believes is correct. Uh, from that, a couple, like a day later, Jenna Ortega was announced as not returning to the Scream movie. Now, she was not officially fired. She is busy. <laughs> um, so, uh, this is kind of the thing that, for months, we've been thinking about. I know it's something I've been thinking about for a while, especially with everything that continues to be announced around Miss Ortega that she is a very busy woman and you know the strike did not help with that so uh, she was filming Beetlejuice 2 uh, I believe as of the recording of this episode Beetlejuice 2 is officially wrapped um, but Wednesday <laughs> season 2 is on the way and uh, will officially start production soon enough and she will be busy with Wednesday before she could do Scream, and she won't be doing Scream now that we know. Uh, which, honestly, to me, that Wednesday series is so much better than the last two Scream films that came out. I did enjoy them. Uh, you can hear my thoughts on them. Um, There's some parts that were good, but for overall, I just didn't enjoy the films all that much. Um, so I think she's better off 
you know, especially with all the drama that's going on around that franchise right now. Yeah, got to, got to, you know, wonder what's going to happen with the franchise. Will Spyglass still be behind everything? There's rumors that Nev Campbell and, um, that's his name, Patrick Dempsey, are going to return and all that. I would be surprised if they do that. Uh, one, they didn't want to pay Nev to be in Scream 6 already. Uh, desperation, they're going to have to get her in this movie if they want people to see it. As long as Spyglass is behind it. If Spyglass is, isn't behind it, um, I think people would be on board to watch you know, a Scream movie. People are going to be on board to watch it either way. You know, Some people don't care about what's going on in the world and all that stuff. They just watch movies. And they'll probably watch it either way because it's Scream and it's a Scream franchise movie and all that stuff. I, you know, I I have no desire to see it, to be honest with you. And not in theaters, I don't. I have no desire to see that movie at all right now. Um, I mean, the main draw was their story, right? The sisters' storyline is the main draw of this new Scream friend, Scream movies that they're doing, and now the sisters aren't in the movies, right? So it's like it's becoming the Halloween franchise, right? You have your original movie, and then you have like 15 different other timelines. 15's a lot, but there's a lot of different timelines going on over there. You got the Rob Zombie timeline. You got the new trilogy timeline, which connects to the original. You've got the the 4, 5, and 6 trilogy, right? You've got um, H2O uh, timeline. You've got the... Uh, just so much. <laughs> so much uh, going on over there. I'm sure I messed something up there, but a lot of timelines, and kind of, I guess that's what you're getting into now with Scream, right? Or we're just, we're like, or we're going to keep it kind of, you know, connected, but we'll just say, uh, let's throw a line into the movie, like, ah, oh, the sisters are okay, they're over here. Like they did with Nev in the last movie, like, oh, Nev's okay. Or Sydney's okay, right? Hey, whoa. I don't know. I don't know. People will see the freaking movie. I know that. But you know, again, I'm not, I'm not overly interested in seeing the next screen movie at the moment. But Wednesday, heavily excited to see that show. Love it, man. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's see. Jumping from the debacle that is Scream to the interesting that is Robert Eggers' Nosferatu remake. Talked about this a couple times on the show. Um, since the last couple episodes, there's been some images released. Uh, we haven't seen Nosferatu, but we have seen um, Lily Rose Depp in her character role and Nicholas Holt as well, right? So we've seen photos of them. We have not officially seen Bill Skarsgård as Count Orlok yet, um, but I assume that is going to be really freaking cool. But um, other than that, Robert Eggers gave us a little update on the upcoming Nosferatu remake, saying, quote, it's going to be a scary film. Um, it's a horror movie. It's a gothic horror movie. And I do think that there hasn't been an old-school gothic movie that's actually scary in a while. And I think the majority of audiences will find this one to be the case, in quotes. Um, it's cool to see Nosferatu. Nosferatu is one of the first ever horror films. It came out, what, 1920? Um, it's one of those early horror films. It is an interesting watch if you haven't seen it. Did I review that on the show? Maybe I did. Um, but yeah, check it out. If you, you know, it's, it's black and white. It is... Um, no talking. <laughs> There's a word for it, but I'm blanking at the moment as I'm recording this episode. But uh, no dialogue. It's just, you know, words pop up on the screen to let you know where the story's going. It's just watching a silent movie. There we go. Freaking A. Silent movie is what it is. And it is 
It's good, man. It's you know old old school horror. Uh, it's cool, and it sounds like you know Robert Eggers is going that same direction with this one. They, you know, make it that classic vibe. I doubt it will be a silent film, but uh, it sounds like they're going classic, classic vibes, which is never really a bad thing. I know they kind of back and forth with some people about what they're interested in when it comes to horror, which you know. We all have our taste, right? Uh, I am one of those people that can enjoy all kinds of horror films. The only one that I'm kind of like, eh, on is uh, the found footage films. But, uh, or webcam horror movies. Um, I did enjoy Host, but other ones are kind of tough to watch. But, other than that, I can watch any kind of horror, spooky, suspense, thriller kind of movie. And, you know, this movie, again, it's got Bill Skarsgård in it, who's awesome. Rick and Nicholas Holt, who's awesome. William Dafoe is in this movie as well, if I remember correctly. Lily Rose Depp, I, I don't have any problems really with her. I didn't watch that show she did with The Weeknd, which apparently was a good call because that show was terrible. But, um, I, you know, I don't have any issues with her. Yoga Hosers, what a movie. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it all turns out when it is released next year in 2024. There's not an official release date for the film yet, but it is happening next year for sure. Especially since we're getting, you know, images and everything. It's it's on the way, man. Um, last bit of horror news is that a third Babysitter, the Babysitter movie is in the talks. We're not talking about the movie with Jonah Hill. Uh, we were talking about the horror film, horror comedies um, that were on Netflix. Uh, the Netflix movie starring Samara Weaving. Weaving. Samara Weaving. Um... Netflix has yet to confirm uh, this, but the rumors are beginning to go around that a third The Babysitter film will happen. Um, I remember enjoying both movies. Um, it's been a while since I watched all of them. They're not, they have not been destination watching for me in quite some time. Uh, the wonderful Jenna Ortega was in the second one as well. Um, but yeah, they're enjoyable films, so they decided to do a third one. Cool. I'm into it. And, you know, is the shining bright for Netflix on horror, which hasn't been the best, uh, let's be fair. But uh, they're moving in the right direction. And if they do another babysitter, cool, man. We'll enjoy that. Um, for sure. I mean, hopefully they just get Samara back because it just feels like it just feels right. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just feels right. I don't remember what happened to the babysitter too, to be honest with you. I really don't remember much. I, I remember some of that movie, but I don't remember much of it. Alright, so that's gonna do it for horror and DC news, man. Uh, let me know what you think about the the DC and horror stuff we talked about here. Um now we're gonna jump into the other things happening around the world of film. Starting off with uh, of course, Fantastic Four. <laughs> you know, Fantastic Four is the main thing that's been talked about in the MCU for a while. A lot of casting going on around there, casting rumors going on around there. I don't even know if they've officially announced anything yet for casting. Pedro seems to be the most sure thing to happen, but I don't. There hasn't been an official statement from Marvel, from what I remember saying either. Uh, but the latest rumor around the Fantastic Four is that Anya Taylor Joy. Fantastic actress, one of my favorites, easily a top ten favorite actress for me. Uh, she is reportedly being considered to play an unnamed villain character in the Fantastic Four film. There have been other rumors saying that she will be playing the Silver Surfer uh, in the Fantastic Four film. Now, again, get your bingo cards ready, kids. I'm not a Marvel guy. I can't tell you if and or anything, really, about these characters. Uh, I will tell you, I won't be up in arms if freaking a girl plays Silver Surfers. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Is freaking people getting so upset about stuff like that. Um, 
cool. Anya is a fantastic actress. If she does play Silver Surfer, awesome. There you go. She would be awesome no matter what character she plays here. Uh, another thing this tells me is that the New Mutants is not canon to the MCU, um, which I guess probably shouldn't be anyways, but, um, you know, the old Fox, and that was the Fox movie, and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, of course, Anya was in the New Mutants, playing a pretty powerful character from what I remember. I can't remember the character's name, saved my life. Uh, what is it? The New Mutants. The New Mutants came out in 2020 during COVID time. She played, oh, Good God. Um, okay, there we go. There's her character's name. Magique. Magique. <laughs> um, her real, her character's full name is Elania. Elania Rostina. Rostina. Magique. She played Magique. Um, so, <sighs> you know, I guess that character doesn't exist. Um, which I guess it wouldn't, you know, it just X-Men films in general. What a pain in the ass. <laughs> but uh, MCU starting its own thing over there with mutants and all that. So we'll see how it all works out and what's connected, what's not connected. But Anya, I'm here for it, man. I will gladly watch anything she's in. Uh, the other rumor around the Fantastic Four is that apparently Marvel wants Killian Murphy to play Doctor Doom. Uh, you should know Killian from many roles this year. He was an Oppenheimer film that's going to be nominated for plenty of awards. Did pretty well at the box office part of that whole Barbenheimer thing that people uh, were very excited about. Um, of course, I know him mostly for the Dark Knight trilogy where he played Crane. He was the Scarecrow. Um, he's in Red Eye, a freaking movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but it was Craven Jam called Red Eye. And you know... You know who Killian is. Uh, it's spelled like it's spelled with a C, but it's pronounced Killian. Um, I like him. He's a great actor. You know him as Doctor Doom. Fine. You know I have no issues with him as Doctor Doom at all. I've seen some people like, no, we don't want him. Um, yeah, you should want him. He's awesome, right? Now, like, he's a great actor. I don't know why you wouldn't want him as Doctor Doom. Him versus Pedro Pascal, just two different, you know, vibes there. I think that would be a great thing to see. Um, I think uh, Killian is a fantastic enough actor to trust in. Um, again, I don't know much about Marvel, but I know Doctor Doom is a big bad and that Doctor Doom is part of the Secret Wars. So, if you're building up to the Secret Wars after Kang and all this stuff, and all this stuff is building to the Secret Wars, you would need a, you know, big-time, solid actor like you had Josh Brolin as Thanos, who was freaking fantastic, right? We're not gonna, you know, make any bones about that. Like, he is awesome, right? And he did a great job as Thanos and, you know, Marvel with their villains, you know, hit and miss, right? Um, but... I think Killian's great, and if this rumor turns out to be true and they do cast him, good on him. Awesome. Great actor. Uh, he would do fantastic in the job without a doubt. You know, so I'm fine with it. Um, let me know in the comments what you think about that one. Uh, Margot Robbie, another actress who I absolutely love and adore, easily in my top ten favorite actresses of all time, uh, has addressed the possibilities of a Barbie 2 film. Um, yeah. That, those, that's that's going around. Obviously, Barbie made a ton of money. It's one of the biggest films of 2023. Might be the biggest film of 2023. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it is the biggest film of 2023. I think it beat out Mario. Um, she was uh, asked about the possibility for a potential Barbie 2 movie, to which Margot said, quote, I think we put everything into this one. We don't like 
We didn't build it to be a trilogy or something. Greta put everything into this movie, so I can't imagine what would be next, end quote. Which, I'm with her. Now, granted, I am not seeing the Barbie movie yet, but just haven't had time to see it. I'm not boycotting or anything like that. I just haven't seen it like it's mentioned. Margot's one of my favorite actresses. Obviously, I'm going to see that movie. Um, but, I don't, I mean, it's a, it's a successful film, so obviously when the film is successful, the first thing that ever gets mentioned is sequels. And it's Barbie. I'm sure you can create something around the, you know, worldwide known character that's been around for decades. I don't think it needs to happen. Um, it doesn't sound like Margot thinks it needs to happen. Um, but uh, they will back up a truckload, many truckloads of money to make it happen if it does happen. So we'll keep you posted on the show if any news comes out about that. But I am on the side of it doesn't need to happen. I don't think another Barbie movie needs to happen. You, you hit with something special. And that's what happened with the Barbie film and why it was so huge and successful is that it was something different in a time where all the kind of movies are, you know, it's either a superhero movie or, you know, rather kind of movie or something kind of different, you know. And obviously I love superhero movies. I can watch them all the live long day. But, you know, it's cool to see something kind of different. And, you know, again, Barbie's a household name and all this stuff, but it was kind of it's like the first live-action Barbie movies, you know. It was different for people. Kind of like the Mario film was when it came out. And I don't know why the Mario film was so different for people, but it connected it in a, in a way, right? It's Those are the uh, successful films of the year. The, the, the superhero films, which I enjoyed pretty much all of, um, didn't. And so it was an interesting thing that happened this year and something to be talked about uh, for years to come. But they did their thing with Barbie, and it hit well. And I don't think you need to do a sequel, man. Just let it live on its own. Which kind of builds into the next story. Um, our newest thing to talk about here is a sequel that does not need to happen. And thankfully, the person behind the creation of it also agrees that a sequel does not need to happen. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, there was questions about whether more Nightmare Before Christmas films would come. Be it prequel, be it a sequel to the, the loved film um film that talk is talked about from halloween through christmas time um it was asked and tim burton responded saying to me the movie is very important i've done sequels i've done other things i've done reboots i've done all that shit right i don't want that to happen to this it's nice that people are maybe interested in another one but i'm not i feel like that old guy who owns a little piece of property and won't sell it to the big power plant that wants to take my land end quote I agree. Like, I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, I, I can listen to the songs year-round. I don't need it to be a certain time of year for me to listen to the songs from those movies. It does not need a sequel. It does not need a sequel. It does not need a prequel. Yes, prequel would be cool, sure, whatever. We don't need it. Like, it doesn't... It's something that does not need to happen. We can gladly watch the original... And I'm not one of those people that's against sequels or against reboots or remakes or prequels or pre-boots or you know soft reboots or whatever that you want to call these movies right i i have no problems with these things happening that movie doesn't need one like that movie hit with its core audience and it's become just an iconic film for again this time of year and you know it's to where it's being overlaid at some of the disney theme parks not in orlando because orlando people are running Disney are just absolute idiots, but 
it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to have a sequel, and I'm glad that, you know, Tim Burton's in agreement. Same thing, I think, with Back to the Future. Like, I love that trilogy so much. I love it to death, and I'm so glad that the, you know, the team behind it is like, no, we're not, we're not remaking Back to the Future. It doesn't need to be remade. Again, I don't hate remakes. I can gladly watch remakes. Um, it does absolutely nothing to the original film if they remake it, but I, I sometimes you just don't need it, right? Sometimes you just don't need it, and Nightmare Before Christmas does not need a sequel, um, in my opinion. Like, it just doesn't. So that's where I stand on that, and I'm glad Tim Burton stands there as well. Um, over in Star Wars news, dude, Star Wars news. I haven't talked Star Wars on the show in a while. Uh, Dave Filoni has been promoted to a new position over there at Lucasfilms. Uh, Dave Filoni says, the quote, Now I'm what's called Chief Creative Officer at Lucasfilms, end quote. So Dave Filoni, who's been over there working with Star Wars already, has been upgraded, promoted to Chief Creative Officer at Lucasfilms. Uh, another quote from Filoni says, uh, quote, In the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought into, I would see it after it was already developed a good ways. In this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on. When we're planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase. I'm not telling people what to do, but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell. I need to be a help across the galaxy. I need to be a help across the galaxy here, like a part of the Jedi Council almost. Literally hours now of Star Wars storytelling I have done. See, I even phrased it like Yoda, end quote. Um, there you go, man. That guy loves Star Wars. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Awesome. Um, I know some people have shat on the Star Wars films that have come out recently. I personally enjoyed them. Um, I'm not a maniacal Star Wars fan. Like, I enjoy the films. Like, I enjoy all of them. I find something to enjoy in all of them. And I loved the Obi-Wan show. And I've enjoyed what I've seen of The Mandalorian. I need to watch more of it. I need to see Ahsoka. I need to watch... I've heard that Boba Fett's not all that great, but I'll still watch it anyways at some point. Uh, what was the other one? Andor? Andor's out. I think Andor's received positive reviews. I don't need that stuff for me to watch it. It's just, you know, it's cool to hear. Um, I need to get into it, but I like Star Wars, man. I'm a Star Wars guy. I'm, I, you know, I love the freaking Jedi Fallen Order game. Um, I'm going to get Jedi Survivor. It's on Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale, and I'm, I think I've convinced myself to buy it at this point. Um, it took convincing because I was obviously going to get it because, one, I love the first game, but two, it's like, it's more expensive digital than it is freaking physical um, at the moment with the sale, which is just dumb to me, but um, I have the digital PS5, so that's what I gotta work with, but I'm fine with that as well, I made that decision for an obvious reason, but I love Star Wars stuff, I talk about that all because I enjoy Star Wars stuff, and I, I think Dave Filoni's a good call, man, get him in there, get, uh, him and John Favreau seem to know what to do, right? So let them work on it. Let them have a good time over there and create memorable Star Wars things again, man. Um, let them, let them build, man. Let them do the thing. Let them do it, and it'll be a good time in a galaxy far, far away. All right, let's see. And the last bit of news here is that Universal is in early development on a new film, and 
of the Jason Bourne franchise. Um, this is the Mission Impossible, James Bond-style film that Universal has, starring Matt Damon. He starred in, I believe there's five of the movies, he starred in four of them. I have seen zero of them. <laughs> um, I have not seen them. I believe my brother has watched them and enjoyed them, but I have not seen them. What I have seen is the Born Stuntacular at Universal Orlando. That was cool. That was enjoyable. Um, pretty cool experience over there. But yeah, I mean, why not? It, it seemed to be a successful franchise from what I can remember, so why not? Go ahead and do it and see if you can get Matt Damon to do it again. Um, you can have fun. Why not? Go ahead and do it. It's a franchise for Universal to put out there and make you know some money with and entice people to see the Stuntacular, which I don't think is too much of a problem. I haven't heard any bad things about the Stuntacular over there at Universal. So, like I said, I've personally seen it once. I thoroughly I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and do another Jason Bourne film. Why not? Um, that's going to do it news-wise, which pretty much will do it for this episode. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, we did have a WWE premium live event that took place over the weekend, um, which was enjoyable. You know, I wouldn't say it's one of the better... Uh, pay-per-views I've seen this year uh, from WWE, but it was an enjoyable event. Uh, the War Games matches were back. Both of them were really good, really awesome. You know, bravo to everybody involved in the matches there. Uh, I would say I think the women's was the better of the War Games matches. Uh, you know, I like what they brought to that match. It was good stuff, good storytelling, awesome um, you know, uh, work with the uh, the weapons and the the, the move maneuvers, EO doing awesome stuff, jumping off the top of the cage, all this stuff. Um, I found the team, neither one of the teams I wanted to win the War Games matches won, which, you know, I guess was obvious, but <sighs> what can you do? Like, i kind of sick of seeing damage control and um, the Judgment Day lose, man. <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't know, that's me. I guess that's me, but... Um, those matches were good, you know, nothing against the rest of the matches, but kind of, you know, the whole event was for the War Games matches. Um, we had three returns. We had R-Truth returning after numerous timeout. Um, good to see, always good to see R-Truth, what an absolute entertaining individual. Uh, we had Randy Orton return, which we didn't know about. That was uh, the less surprising return. We knew about that. He was announced ahead of time. Um, great to see Randy back. Randy's an absolute legend. Fantastic. One of the greatest to ever do it. Um, so it was great to see him back. He had a really cool RKO moment in the match. Um, and, uh, the biggest return, the one that we all kind of hoped for and speculated about, um, didn't know for sure if it would happen. There was a lot of question marks around it, but, uh, after nine, almost 10 years, CM Punk is back in the WWE. He's back home, if you will. Uh, in the land where he grew up, from ECW to the main roster with the pipe bombs and everything. Um, it's good to see him back. I mean, I've spent the last, you know, since that happened, I watched watched the two War Games matches again. Um, I, again, I enjoyed both, so I watched them again when um, I was at a friend's house watching it live, and then when I came home, I watched the two War Games matches again and watched that return again. And then, you know, spent time on, like, TikTok or... Uh, Facebook or whatever, I was watching reactions of people reacting to CM Punk's return, man, it was huge, and just, you know, seeing people break out in tears over him returning and everything, like, he was, he's the guy for a lot of people, like, I like Punk, Punk is, you know, a wrestler that I enjoyed watching, and, you know, I even tuned into AEW to see him, because, you know, I like Punk, um, 
you know, there there's history there with, you know, things he said about WB in the past and whatever happened in AEW, which I don't fully blame him for. Um, but I'm not going to talk bad about AEW here. But um, I, it's great to see him back. You know, I, it seems like they're building a him and Seth thing, which is, you know, perfect. makes perfect sense. You know, Seth has been open about his feelings about Punk in the past while Punk's been gone and in interviews and everything. And, yeah, um, be good to see him back. I, I I would think it's a WrestleMania match, uh, WrestleMania main event, but I'm hearing other things that it may happen at Royal Rumble since, you know, that was the last match that Punk had was at the Royal Rumble and with, with Seth. So it, it's, you know, one of those things where it's like anniversary return and, you know, it just all lines up right. I guess that takes away the main event for the Usos, uh, Jay and Jimmy, you know, figure they were going to have a WrestleMania match. I'm sure they're still going to have a WrestleMania match. Some thought it would be the main event for night one, but if you're doing CM Punk and Seth, that would be the main event. Um, I don't believe this changes anything with Cody. Cody and Roman are still the story there. So yeah, what a time, man. What a time. You know, Punk is back, Orton's back, uh, R-Truth is back, uh, Cena just left. Um, bad timing. Uh, but, yeah, enjoyable event, man, so if you watched it, you, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it as well. Uh, let me know what you think, uh, thought in the comments of everything talked about here. If you've seen that awesome documentary, the David Holmes, the boy who lived, let me know what you think. The DC casting news, Constantine news, horror stuff, what you think about what's going on with the Scream. If you excited for the Nosferatu movie, uh, what you think about the Fantastic Four stuff, um, Barbie 2, would you be interested? Do you think Nightmare Before Christmas needs a sequel? Um, how are we feeling about Star Wars? How are you feeling about Jason Bourne? Let me know, man. Let me know in the comments. As always, appreciate you taking the time to listen to this show. Hope you enjoyed it. I am a goofy goober, if you will, and just have fun on this show because I love talking these things. And I appreciate you joining in and listening to me talk these things. It's, it's awesome uh, that you would do that. So thank you for all that. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, week, month, year. Uh, and as always, like to end the show with a little bit of positivity quote to get you through. Um, to remember, the happiness can always be found even in the darkest of times. One only remembers to turn on the light. I'll talk to you all next episode.